welcome to Forward Launch Your SaaS. I'm Kira Woodard, the podcast marketer and owner of Forward Launch. In this series, I sit down with executives whose marketing campaigns have resulted in impressive growth for their startups. In each episode, our guests talk about the one biggest piece of wisdom that they would share with other B2B SaaS marketing execs. Right. Today, I'm sitting down with Sandra. She's the CEO of Collab Writing, which is a startup whose main purpose is to help content marketers and creators create better content. So they do this by simplifying the research and the teamwork within the content writing process. And Sandra previously worked as a CCO at Teodesk, an innovative IT company. Um, their content marketing strategy at the time set them apart and helped them reach new markets. So she considers uh, her biggest accomplishment to be helping scale uh, Teodesk from the local Serbian market to the US, UK, and European Union markets. Uh, so Sandra, I'm super excited to chat with you and dig into your background. It's super exciting you're having here. And as what I know of you, we have a similar background, but we kind of went in different directions. So I think this is going to be a super fun chat. Yeah. Yeah. Would you mind like explaining a little bit about how and why you got into founding your current company? Well, I actually kind of stumbled into entrepreneurship. I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. I studied economics and I studied marketing in, in the university. So I always thought I'm good, I would be like a brand manager at a big corporation. But I started working on like NGO project connected to, to entrepreneurship and startups really early on during my studies. Mm-hmm. Started working in a startup straight after graduating a week after that. And all of that kind of led me here. It kind of became my career. I kind of fell in love with all the ups and the downs and all the things startup related. So that that's kind of my story. I, I have a lot of background with startups, but this is the first startup that I actually co-founded. Wow. Awesome. So with getting collab writing off the ground, um, what would you say has been the main insight that's led you to growing or promoting your company? I think just knowing the industry that we were approaching first pretty well, it mm-hmm. was easy for me to connect people from content marketing because that's something that we did. So I could very often kind of already know their problems. I could see what what their issues were before we even started talking but also just doing a lot of research, which helps us with Yodask too, just kind of seeing what the trends are, seeing what people are doing at the moment and just having the industry insights, just whatever whatever startup you're working on, I think that just doing proper research, talking to people and getting to know the industry you're entering is a really good practice. I mean, yeah. this isn't related to call-up writing, but even with Yodask, uh, we were a local PM software here in Serbia. And when we wanted to go abroad and wanted to spread kind of our target market, we tried to research and see which industries had the biggest issue when it came to project management, which had like the least efficiency when it came to to how they operated. And that actually helped us. Uh, we we got in touch with companies from those, those specific industries here in Serbia. Some of them were multinational, multinational companies. And we went from there and it actually worked and it only stemmed from taking the time to just do a bit of digging and see, see where we should go next. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like it's really, really important to know your, your target audience really well. I feel like that's something a lot of marketers struggle with, especially like 
if you join a company and there's like multiple different like I, I customer profiles that you're go- kind of going after yeah. or you're not really familiar with that industry kind of going into it. So do you have any like tips on how to kind of get the industry insights? I mean, sometimes you just got to be creative. I'm, For example, we were working with the telecommunications industry previously, and it was really hard finding, for example, mid-sized telecommunications co- companies in the U.S. for someone who is based in Serbia. And one of the things that I did, for example, was find an NGO that worked with that kind of gathered all those companies in one. And I found their donor list and I went one by one uh, looking up those companies to see what their communication was online, who was hired, who who they had on LinkedIn. And for me, that just opened up the whole space of the telecommunications industry in the U.S. because I was able to find those specific companies we were targeting and sometimes it can be reading like popular books from the industry or reading book reviews even to see what people find interesting. What are some of the things that caught their eye, that, that caught their attention? Looking up popular conferences in the industry that have very high, high regarding speakers and the topics they cover. You don't have to be there. Like you don't have to read every book. You don't have to go to every conference. But just listening to even snippets of videos that, that are shared on social media, just reading the comments. Reading reviews on competitive software, I think that when we're just getting to know the industry, we have to look at a lot of various things to get the full picture. I know it can be a lot of work and it can seem like very tedious and like we don't get results from it immediately. But the better we know the people we're communicating with and things that aren't just, you know, other people's blogs or just a few LinkedIn pages of our competition, I think it can really, really help us stand out. And it can help our target audience feel seen and heard and like we are speaking the same language as them. Okay. Yes. I 100% agree with everything that you're saying. (laughs) And my question is, of all of the places you can go, I mean, you mentioned podcasts and like industry events and um, competitive software would be really interesting. Um, What have you found valuable to spend the most time looking into in terms of like actually? getting real customer insights that that have been helpful to your company? I mean, for collaborating, we're just kind of starting out with the whole content marketing plan and and the whole strategy. But with TODS, honestly, it was looking at the relevant research. Like I wouldn't just go to competitors' websites, but I would use Google Scholar a lot to Mm -hmm. like read into the and see what kind of research was out there on like project management and the best practices and see what was happening in the whole sphere that wasn't just, I don't know, recycled in a lot of other blogs. And mm-hmm. also the popular books, as I mentioned, that was really good to, to kind of get brand new ideas and spread our content and give it a, that bit more quality so people really get actual value from reading it and not just be like, oh, another blog post with five tips on how I can do this better or that better, but actually bring some new perspective to to their their everyday work. Yeah, that makes sense. Because for me, it seems like whenever I'm trying to get into like a new aspect of of marketing or content production, uh, just reading some little articles on it aren't as helpful as like going through a whole course or like reading a whole book on it because it's more comprehensive. Um, You mentioned like using Google Scholar. Okay, I'm gonna go like really in depth specific. Like, what what are okay. you typing in Google Scholar? Like, how how are you using it? Like, how are you collecting this data? Give me give me your whole process. Oh, I would be researching for all sorts of things. Like, 
I don't know, sometimes I would be like looking just new project management statistics, project management methodologies. You're very focused on hybrid project management and there wasn't a lot of info about it. So every single study that was done about it, I read it. Like if it was done like on a single university in the US between a few students, I read that too. So Mm -hmm. I I just went very in depth with that specific subject. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was, I don't know, it was a lot of Googling, but it's also a lot of Googling with a lot of like tips and tricks. You know, if you put, for example, quotation marks around the words that you're searching, you get the exact search for the, those exact words. You mm-hmm. don't get like suggestions from Google. And that could also really, really be helpful for me sometimes to find very specific information that won't pop up on the first page of Google because it's not maybe super popular, but I was looking for that specifically. So there are all those sort of tips and like easy things that you can do to find more specific information that you just maybe not be thinking of the bat or uh, or something you can use. Okay. Okay. So I want to be thinking about some keywords that are very specific to my um, my market and maybe like put those in quotation marks or search Google Scholar to find all the research papers around it and then just go on a bit of a binge read with when I find something that's highly relevant, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was something that I started out with because when I started working in Theodesk, I was like an assistant to, to myself because there was no one else in the marketing team. There were very few people in the business sector of the company because it was an early stage startup. So mm-hmm. I just kind of tried to just learn as much as I could in the beginning because I don't know, for me, that made sense. Like I, I wanted to get to know the industry and I wanted to get to, to know the people that I was communicating with. That that just was something that made sense right off the bat. And that brought in some results because, I don't know, everyone was, was always fearing the new Google update, what's going to happen to our blog. And we never had issue with that because our, every bit of content was actually written by us. And we always had unique content with unique images and everything was produced by us. So with every one up, every update that came came about, we would just get bumped up and bumped up and bumped up. And I think that even though it's not the focus for the company, we, we they still rank really, really well and mm-hmm. have some solid results coming from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes a ton of sense. Um, okay, so let's say that I have just, I am a a marketing executive at a B2B SaaS and I want to um, start understanding my industry and my audience better. Um, So step-by-step, what would you have me do to make sure that this is implemented into my company? I think the first step is just to do like analysis. I know that people sometimes go overboard with analysis, but Try to take a look at the market. Try try to to look at the trends in your market. Is it growing? Is it falling? What are some of the biggest companies that are currently operating? Are there startups that are raising investments? Is there interest in what what you're generally doing? And then when you have like the bigger picture, try to narrow it down. Who is your target audience? Who are the people you're going to be speaking to? But also don't forget to do kind of analysis of your in-house values and your in-house product and the things that are positive about your positives about your company that you could be communicating outside. So that's kind of like the sweet spot when you can find something really great, great about your company, but it's also really great, uh, really interesting to people that you're communicating with. So some kind of shared value, shared topic that you can really utilize to, to kind of further that communication. Mm-hmm. And something that's also really important, start tracking the things that you do from day one. I know it can seem arbitrary to just put down one post that you had or one blog or one thing that that you did. 
But with time, it can be really, really useful to have all that data in, in one place that you can analyze later on. And you can start to see trends. For example, I always track every single post that we do on LinkedIn, even to this day, even though it's not maybe completely necessary. But for me, I track uh, what time I posted, what type of content, was it posted on a page, was it posted on a personal profile, how well did it do, which hashtags we used. And I would use software to, to analyze it, but it also helped me get a feel of uh, good times to post, good things to write, uh, which hashtags to use, the number of hashtags to use, because while there is so much advice on what you can do, your page, your communication is always going to be specific. So you need to start tracking those things early on because it's really going to help you learn from the things you do. You might see that some things are ranking really well, but you can also see them some things are also getting more traction on social media. So you need to find a balance between those two because if you only rely on just clicks, for example, from Google, you might lose out on the traffic you could get from LinkedIn, for example, if you're a B2B SaaS. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so you you brought up an interesting point, which is that you want to figure out what your company's kind of values or like unique differentiator is. And then you yeah. want to see like what your target audience um, is struggling with. And then you want to you want to like match those and see like what's the overlap in this Venn diagram. Yeah. And that's what you really want to focus on. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the, the principle of marketing in general. You have to find that common ground between whoever your end user or buyer is, even if it's like a traditional product, even if it's something like a service. I think that finding that middle ground is going to be more and more important because we see many, I mean, especially young people, but they want to be aligned with values of the company they're purchasing from. So I think that that's also really important for startups, whether they're hiring new people, whether they're looking for new partners or finding new clients, kind of figuring out who, who your company is and having those values very clearly set up for people to see and also for your employees to see and you to communicate is really, really important from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so you also mentioned that you one of your steps was to track everything that you do. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, you you brought up social media as an example, like tracking every LinkedIn post, every hashtag, every comment. What are some other categories of things that you find it really valuable to track? I think that uh, gathering user feedback is super important, staying in touch with people that are using the software. And also some things that we, we track is like how other startups are doing in, in our similar industry. Um, we're also tracking the whole industry. How's the market going? How's, how's it growing? Is it growing? And for us, that just kind of paints the more full picture of where we're headed, where we can go, where we can go. But definitely, I think that the communication you put out and the results that you bring in, you should definitely track. You should also track the, the user experience and uh, user feedback product-wise, but also communication-wise. Because, for example, for us at Calibrating, it was super important to talk to people because it helped us figure out just which category we were at. Because we are kind of in between like collaboration research tool. We were always in between and we weren't sure how to pick it together the biggest value that we're providing for people. And while we were talking to everyone, one thing that always came up was that we're helping them build a knowledge base. And that kind of became what we do. We'll help turning your online research into an actionable knowledge base. And that's something that people understand. And that's something that clicks with people. 
And it came from our users. It came from people that tested our product that are using it every day. And I feel like that's a good approach when you're a very early stage to just kind of take in all, all, everything that people are giving you when it comes to the feedback. Hmm. Okay. Are there any pitfalls that people might come across when they are trying to get that feedback, especially in, in an early stage? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there is always that side of people that, are, that are just want to tell you something positive. So for us, I mean, if someone just tells us, oh, it's great, it's amazing, that's not really great feedback. Like, well, that's nice to hear. Some of the best feedback was from people who would have very constructive things to say on what we can improve because we knew that they actually used it. So like, for example, if users complain, oh, I don't like that uh, when I press delete comment, he doesn't even pop up to tell me a message, to just send me a message that I'm going to delete something. I'm like, yeah, great. We're going to add that. That's really amazing to hear that you have an issue with something that, that could be working better because that means that you invested time to use it. Mm-hmm. And also people can go maybe sometimes too broad and try to get all the feedback and implement it right away. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of contradictory. You should be talking to people and listening to people, but you also have to be filtering it out and see which feedback brings true value. What are the true users? Is that something that's going to pay for your product? Is that something that rep- that's representing the user base potentially and not just someone who likes to give their opinion potentially? Mm-hmm. So I think that that kind of also comes with a bit of experience, but also there are a lot of books that people can read. I think it's called the Mom's Test book. I think that's very popular with startups mm-hmm. and it helps them kind of see which feedback is constructive, valuable, and which is just kind of fluffy and people want to make you feel really good to, to hear it. Mm, I have heard of that book and now you're renewing my interest in reading it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, it's good. I think that it just kind of puts it into perspective that when you're a new founder, you're in love with your product, you're in love with your company. And when you get positive feedback, you kind of want to hang on to it. And mm-hmm. it might kind of lead you in the wrong direction sometimes. So for us, it, it we kind of, you have to kind of just uh, kind of be aware of it and realize that feedback that when people tell you this is not working for me, when if you do this specific thing better, then it's going to be um, even more useful to me. Don't also go along with people who are going to be like, yeah, if you add like these six ginormous things to your app, then I'm totally going to buy it in a year or six months because they're usually only also just saying it to be nice. But if someone's using your software and has very concrete things you could improve, like um, I don't know, for us, it was those pop-up messages. It was also like adding a bit more explana- explanations throughout the app and things like that. Uh, some some of the wording wasn't completely understandable to our users. Those are very specific things that we can quickly adjust and just make it better for, for our users. But those are people actively using it, having active suggestions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, great. So as we are wrapping up, I'd just like to shine a spotlight on you, Sandra. Are there any projects that you're working on? Is there anything you'd like people to know? And is there anywhere you'd like people to be able to get in touch with you? Yeah, anyone can always get in touch with me through LinkedIn. I'm always open, especially to helping new startups. That's kind of where I started from working with startups and entrepreneurs. So if anyone needs any advice on something that they feel like can help, I'm always open to that. And also, I mean, if anyone wants to test that collaborating, we're still really early stage. We have a free option, free plan that people can use. So any feedback is always welcome. Any suggestions, any user comments, 
we're super open to that. And if anyone just wants to chat, that that's that'd be great too. Yeah. What what specifically does collab writing help uh, startup marketers with? I mean, uh, the tool is really simple right now. So basically, we function like Google Docs, but anywhere in the web. So any blog, any website that has written content on it, you can create highlights, you can leave comments, you can organize them around topics and with one link, share it with your team so they can see all the highlights and comments and things you made. And it's also connected directly to that website. So by clicking just one button, it takes you directly to that specific highlight along with the comment. So it just makes the whole research and data collecting process easier. And it also makes it easier for you to reach back to, to that content if you're continuously writing about specific topics, as we usually are when we work in-house. It can make it make it a lot easier to not have to research the same topic twice or three times in a row. You just have it organized, well-structured. And I mean, we also have big plans for the future to make it even easier to give suggestions, to also be able to like uh, translate audio and video into to text so you can collaborate in the same way on those types of content too. But that that's all for the, for the future. Oh, wow. That sounds like it'd be really helpful for content team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. We were just now, we, we just uh, yesterday reached our point of 100 active users weekly. So that's been super exciting. And mm-hmm. it kind of makes me feel a bit more confident that we're actually helping people with with their work. All right. Well, I wish you the best of success, Sandra. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been really amazing. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Forward Launch Your SaaS. If you'd like summaries, show notes, transcripts, downloads, and other helpful links and resources to help you implement the tactics you've heard here, then you can, one, go to forwardlauncherSaas.com, and two, subscribe to our email newsletter. Lastly, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and neighbors, and head over to iTunes to leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.